What if I told you that there's a cure for chronic pain? Yes, for that pain you were told you would just have to manage. And what if I told you that that cure is already inside of you? Would you believe me? Welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus, and I'm really pleased to be here with you for the fourth ever episode today. So in this podcast episode, I speak to my very first guest, the wonderful Stephanie Sarone. And I was so nervous doing this interview, but Steph was a brilliant podcast guest. Steph shares an incredible healing story, which illustrates the ways that healing from chronic pain really is inside of us. Through digging into her mind, Steph has moved from someone who was in such severe pain and who had so much anxiety that she could barely leave the house to someone who bravely packed up her life, sold her house and travelled around the country. Listen in to find out how Steph is now using her experience to help other women just like her. But for all listeners, this podcast episode offers such incredible wisdom and advice for your healing journey. So as usual, I'll play you my usual disclaimer because safety first and then we'll get on to the episode. If you haven't already, don't forget to follow the podcast on Facebook or Instagram. So at Let's Talk Mind Body Healing. And if you're enjoying the show, don't forget to rate and review. I hold my doctorate in education, but I'm not a medical doctor. All the content I provide in any medium, including but not limited to this podcast, is for informational purposes only. No content provided by me is intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice. The purpose is to promote broad understanding and knowledge of various health topics. If you choose to use any information provided by me, you do so solely at your own risk. Always seek the guidance of your doctor or qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding your health or a medical condition. Do not embark on a mind-body healing journey until you have clearance from your healthcare practitioner to do so and until you have discussed how to apply mind-body healing to your own individual case with your healthcare practitioner. Uh, welcome to the Let's Talk Mind Body Healing podcast. I'm your host, Felicia Jaramus. And today I have the pleasure of being here with uh, Stephanie Sarone. Uh, do you prefer Steph or Stephanie? Yes, yeah, Steph's good. Steph. Um, okay, so I have actually never met Steph before this moment. Uh, so this will be interesting to see where this conversation goes. But I found Steph through uh, social media and invited her onto the podcast because I thought she had a story which sounded 
amazing and like she would have a lot to share. So Steph, can you just get us started by briefly introducing yourself to to our listeners? Sure. Um, So I'm 31 years old and I, how do I even describe myself? Basically, I've grown up, I sort of grew up um, with some childhood trauma and bullying and stuff like that. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, then I struggled through a lot of sort of health stuff as I was growing up and then um, chronic pain in my uh, adult years. And I've sort of just been navigating life, trying to figure out what suits me and how to manage my life and my pain and do the things that I really need to do for my body and for myself. And then in the most last few years, I've really focused on doing absolutely everything that makes me happy and absolutely everything that I need. Um, but it's been it's been a really long journey sort of finding out who I am and um, how I want my life to be and making that happen. I feel like we share so many commonalities there, just hearing you talk about that. So maybe we'll talk a little bit about um, the sort of pain and things you've suffered from, because like many of our listeners, um, yeah, you've been through some things. So how old were you, I guess, when it all started and what sort of things did you experience? Well, I feel like I've had pain ever since I was, I can remember, but it's always, it's always been something if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I always had migraines. My mum always had migraines, always had migraines and nosebleeds. Then when we moved um, up, so I was born in Sydney, we moved up to northern New South Wales, it was just a little town and sort of just started school there. And that's where I started getting bullied and had uh, an awareness of people's perceptions of me. So before that, I was just in my own little world. Um, and I think at that time, I just started getting excruciating stomach pain. And, and how, old just, were you, how old were you then? Sorry. I think I was about eight. Yeah. So that's quite young, isn't it? Mm, yeah. And um, they couldn't figure out what was wrong. I was just back and forth to the hospital all the time, just screaming and screaming and screaming. It was just such excruciating pain. And that lasted until I was probably 13. Um, they couldn't find out what was wrong. Um, oh, and the only thing that's awful. That st- <laughs> <laughs> it was. Um, the only thing that stopped it, and which when I look back now, um, I realised it was definitely a mind thing like back then, but I just didn't notice mm. it, was I got booked into um, the hospital and I was, I'd stayed there overnight, prep for surgery, all that. They were going to just take my appendix out, even though they weren't sure if that was it or not, just because yeah. I'd just been in so many times. And I saw an episode of Friends that night before the morning, before the <laughs> surgery. And it was that one where one of them was going to get their appendix out. And I yeah. freaked out and because um, I was there by myself. And, and then in the morning, I just decided I was just going to tell them I was better. So I didn't have to get the surgery. And I did. And they said, if you can hop out of the hospital bed and hop, you can go home. So I did. I was excruciating pain, but I did it. And it never came yeah. back. Wow, it never came back after that. Isn't that amazing how the sort of (laughs) mind works, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's like, you know, what what could that have even been, you know, to go from excruciating pain for years and years and years to that one moment just deciding I'm not doing this anymore and it just leaving forever. It's almost like uh, the surgery became more dangerous to your brain, so became more of a threat to you than whatever it was it was trying to protect you from in the first place with the symptoms of the stomach ache. 
Yes. Yes, that makes total sense. Um, and then from there, um, I basically was still getting really bad migraines and stuff all the time. And then period pains from there, mm-hmm. that was debilitating. I could like hardly move and stuff like that. And um, I had to sort of hide that from my mom and my family and stuff like that. It was not something like you really spoke about. So I had to like go and like sneak to a doctor at um, and get my own Medicare card and sneak to a doctor on sport, like at high school and like try and get like something. So I just went on the pill to try and like stop going through all that. Because like, even that you must have felt, you must have felt so isolated. Yeah, it was really sad. I don't really know. It's still not something I've even like talked to my mum about. It sounds ridiculous, but you know how just sometimes just things aren't said. Yeah doesn't sound ridiculous at all (laughs) and um still now you know I'm 31 and I still you know and and I'm I'm one of four siblings three of us girls and I remember having to message my sister from another room asking like what do I do like (laughs) it's just terrible I think you know having that support at certain points in your life it makes a really big difference as to how you can cope and understand what's going on and the how scary and how how the sense of danger or unknown then creates that in your body yeah that that Mm. sort of fear of the symptoms can even just make things worse yeah and then feeling like you need to hide it as well and like everything's fine and everything's okay and then from then um basically once I left school and started working and everything I started getting um I was getting headaches all the time and neck pain and then um Eventually, I ended up going to a chiropractor and I was in a really stressful job at the time. And I remember I went to a chiropractor and then I got went back to my desk at work on my lunch break and I was like, something's not right. And um, I got home and that night when I was in my bed, it felt like someone had grabbed like one of those really long swords and like just shoved it down like the side of my spine and I could not move and I was just screaming in pain. And that's when my neck pain went from, you know, sort of just this tightness and muscle Mm -hmm. tension to this like stabbing agony. And then the pain never left. Um, And then from there, the, the whole journey of, you know, bouncing between everything you can imagine, everyone you can imagine, every treatment you can imagine, every single thing from there was, yeah, the whole chronic pain journey, really. But I feel like I've had pain my entire life. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of that, isn't it? It just sort of feels like it's, you can't remember life without it. No. And um, what sort of like diagnoses and things were you given, particularly for your neck pain? And um, Well, at the start, no one really sort of took it seriously at all. Like I remember a doctor saying, um, all my job is is to make sure you're not dying basically um, oh. with a scan. Um, then I went back to a different doctor and she said, oh, I just get a sore neck sometimes too. Just rub it like this, you know, and, you, you know, you'll be okay. Um, and I started to lose hope very quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, and then, you know, I, I, I'd gone back to the Cairo and I said, you know, sh- you know, what should I do? And he's just like, there's nothing wrong. Like no one, I just had no answers. And then I like the scans showed up 
um, and I've had scans over the time. Basically, I have like degeneration in like, you know, three or four different levels in my cervical and um, bulges, narrowing of where the um, nerves exit and then a loss of the natural curve in my neck. So it's like straight as a board, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, so it'll go from, if I'll see one doctor, they'll be like, so many people could have the exact same scans and no pain. So that might probably be not why you're experiencing pain. And then other doctors would be saying, oh my God, there's so much going on in your neck you know, what trauma have you had? And my mum didn't tell me at the time, but I was in a really bad car accident when I was about six weeks old, I think it was. Oh, wow. She didn't tell me that till last year. Mm. <laughs> um, but, you know, because they're like, have you been in a car accident? The trauma is that bad. Um, but there's nothing that they could do. So it was just like painkillers and painkillers and painkillers. And I couldn't function. I had a full-time job and I would not remember how I got to work and then I couldn't read the computer screen and you know I was basically being told you know you're going to have to quit your job and I just didn't want it to come to that it was like you know it was already controlling so many aspects of my life yeah yeah I remember that for me it was so scary like making choices between do I try these new drugs that might give me relief or do I try these new drugs that might make me lose my mind even further like and then the pain's taken everything from me. It's just yeah. such a, like, it's such a scary sort of time. You feel like you have no, no options or guidance either. It's like you're just on your own almost. And then you start trying mm-hmm. to advocate for yourself. And, you know, your story really resonated with me and like, you know, not being sure what to do and knowing that these, these, um, especially amitriptyline was not the right thing and that you knew you knew in your gut yet you were yeah. forced to do it it's yeah. such a hard place to be put in I often found when I tried to advocate for myself as well if I tried to push back that's when the the they would become very firm with you and be like no this is your only choice like yeah, yeah it was a challenge for sure for me yeah, and the, and you just you you just lose so much hope and trust in 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 anybody being able to make you feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, so I'm, I'm sorry you you had to go through all of that. Um, it sounds yeah awful, awful. <laughs> um, but you're here with me today, and I can see you have a big smile on your face. Um, so something happened along the way to change things. So what was that for you? How did you sort of get to where you are now? Um, so basically I came across a, well, you know, I, tr- I tried many different, many different treatments and stuff like physio, osteo, chiropractic, pain management, um, basically everything you can imagine and I'd sort of just pulled away from the doctors and I just believed there was no hope for me and no one Mm -hmm. could help me because that was basically what the messages I was being told or I was just putting hope in a new practitioner and they'd be like oh yeah I can help you and then every week or even three times a week I was just going back and back and back and just throwing money like the amount of money and time and I guess the thing is that 
healthcare system in Australia is quite good, but even then you spend thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars on these things. Mm-hmm. And it's not just that, but your time going backwards and forwards to all of these different appointments and scheduling them and yeah and, and, and you're you just getting yeah and you're just sort of getting chipped away your hope's just getting chipped away bit by bit every time every single time because you're like I'm not getting better and they're telling you, you just got to keep coming back it's like do I have to keep coming back for the rest of my life even though I'm not feeling better like how many yeah. times do I have to see you and I, I remember the, the doctors who would look at you and say, I can help you, like this will help you. And then it, it did nothing. Like it was just all the it's false really hope. It's really hard. Yeah, you do. You put Because you believe that they've studied and they know what they're talking about. But then you come to realise that a lot of them don't know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. That's a That's a a big thing because I think all your life you're sort of told that you go to these places to get better these people make you better so you put all of your faith and trust and hope in them you know you don't have a what is it six eight year however long it is degree like in medicine so yeah yeah. that's right you trust them and you know there's something to be said for acute things I I feel like doctors are great for acute Mm-hmm. injuries and and medical intervention it's just they don't have all of the training and understanding or a lot of them sorry don't have it and so then the people that come to them with things that are a bit outside the box and more long term they don't have the answers um, which is really hard yeah and I think one of the things I had to come to the realization too is that it's really hard on them too seeing these patients over and over and over again that they can't help so yeah it's a bit of a broken system in a way it is it really is there needs to be so much more um in place for just like there is acute stuff there should be just as much for chronic pain management yeah and I think for me so the mind body stuff is obviously very heavily emotional and when I was going through my journey not once was I really offered the sort of emotional support that I needed it just wasn't an option and I was told I needed psychology a few times and I did see a psychologist but it just wasn't the psychologist never once broached the idea of getting to the cause finding a solution it was always all about managing it Yeah, yeah. And that sort of brings us into, like you were saying, where I sort of started to actually find what I needed because the the emotions for me were so big. So I I got to a point where I knew I wasn't okay. Mm -hmm. I was seeing psychologists and stuff and they were basically just saying, you need to accept it. And, And every essence of me was just like, I'm not accepting this. (laughs) that's exactly what it was like for me too I was like there is no way I'm living the rest of my life like this there's no way no it's like you've got so much life to live it's not like we're like 85 even then you've got you know one day one more day like that you know it's not okay to to say that this is the best it's gonna be and you just have to just deal with it yeah 
I, I agree. It's it's not. Nah. Um, so I sort of lost trust with that as well because I was like, this is this is not okay. But I did realize it was my motion. So I was like so overwhelmed. My mind would not switch off. It was just like go, 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 go all the time. It was like this dial had been turned up and I like I was just like basically buzzing all the time. I just couldn't mm-hmm. relax, couldn't switch off, couldn't sleep, couldn't couldn't be in the moment anywhere because the pain was just screaming at me yeah. all of the time. It was just overtaking my life. And so I came across um, Creatrix and the way I sort of came across it was a bit different because the the lady that created the Institute of Women and created the modality Creatrix, I'd met years and years prior and she was just looking for someone to edit some videos, some before and after videos of her clients. And I had no idea what, what it was, but she'd sent me this footage and Um, It was just before and them talking about how they feel and after. And it it wasn't focused on pain. It was just emotional baggage, trauma, these really limiting beliefs and really high chronic emotions that are triggered Mm -hmm. constantly. And everything these women were saying before just got me. And I was just like, these are all me. They're all saying things that I feel like every single one of them. And then I was piecing together the after video and it was just these, they were so free and you could see it in their minds and their eyes and their smiles. And you could just tell they were just so confident and happy and that they'd let all that go. And I said to my husband, like, I need this. And I messaged the lady that created it all. And I was just like, um, can I please, can I please do this? And, you know, she was very straightforward with me and she said, look, um, because she knew I was sort of just very focused on my pain, mm-hmm. pain, 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 even though I was going through pain management was understanding that, you know, the mind has a huge part in it and your emotions. And she said, look, I can't, I can guarantee to help with all of the emotional stuff, but I cannot guarantee to that your pain is going to change. I, but I know that you'll be able to, when your emotions are in check, to be able to deal with that, even if you're pain doesn't change and I was just like I don't care I know emotionally I'm just so I've got so much going on in my head it's just so loud and um, she eventually agreed and that process changed my entire life gosh how brave are you honestly how brave are you to be able to recognize that you had so much going on in your head and to sort of be able to take that that step and it was scary because it's not something that's cheap um, because it's, it is so life-changing and it's guaranteed to literally just take all of the crap that you're dealing with and let you just cut ties with that and move through into the person you're supposed to be, feeling confident and feeling like you can handle it and that you can just go out and be the person that you want to be. So because of that, it is expensive. And I was saying to my husband, look, you know, I think I really want to do this, but it's so expensive. And he was like, if you think this will help you, you need to do it. You know, what's the other option? And um, I was just like, yeah, I do. I do need to do it. And um, yeah, it, it changed my, my entire life. I went from someone that was overwhelmed, would crumble when anyone would ask me about myself, if asked me if I was okay, ask me about my pain, um, feeling like I was literally training up a 
puppy to be an assistance animal because my anxiety and depression was so high that I felt like I couldn't go out in the world by myself. Mm, Wow. And um, within one session, like most people only need about three, but after the first session, um, it just, it took out so many big, big things for me that I was almost laughing about the fact that I was ever thinking any of those things before. Mm. So can we take a little step back um, just for listeners who may not be familiar, um, what is Creatrix and sort of where is it located and tell me a little bit more about Creatrix specifically. Yeah, so Creatrix is still fairly new. It's been around for about seven years, but it's not very well known. Um, it's basically a process where the there's a it's created specifically for women but it's a guaranteed process for the right people and it identifies all of the chronic emotions that we have and the limiting beliefs that we have and puts them in check so we get our own wisdom from ourselves and it, it changes our perceptions of the reality that we have. So things such as I hate myself, I'm, you know, I feel judged, worried about what other people are thinking, fear of the future, feeling anxious, feeling like I'm a failure, feeling unlovable, all these sort of things that really mean that when we're in a social situation or even with ourselves that we're not, we're in our heads and we're not, feeling confident and happy and the way we should be mm-hmm. um, so what it does is it identifies all of those things and it goes through a process which is actually you don't bring up your story you don't go through all of this heartache and and stuff like that all we need to do is find out why you think the way you think and but not sorry how you think the way you think and not why not the story and it's just a, a really simple closed eyes process. But when you open your eyes, those things are not an issue for you anymore in your life. And it lasts forever. That's so interesting because I think for me, one of the things I had issues with definitely was this I hate myself. Mm. Um, and I actually didn't even know that's how I felt about myself. It was this sort of like unconscious thing that I was carrying around. So. I think it's common, those self-esteem issues, particularly with people who have mind-body issues going on. Yeah, it is. And um, the way that we we just sort of navigate through our lives, we don't really look at those beliefs that we have. Um, we just know we don't feel great about ourselves and we feel quite negative. But actually, when we look at look at those things and actually see them for what they are, they can be so confronting because... Like you say, that's just our unconscious beliefs about who we are and, and how we're showing up in the world and what our value is here. Um, and it can be really scary actually knowing all of these negative things that we think about it ourselves on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, 100%. It certainly takes a lot of courage to face those things. I think when I sort of looked at the this like, oh, my God, I hate myself, like, confronting that was so scary yeah it can be um 
but that's, you know, to be able to get to that point and to be able to know that that's how you feel about yourself, at least that's, that's the first step, I suppose. Yeah, definitely. Un- uncovering, that's why I said for me, it was so hidden. So we might um, go back now. So I did cut you off a little while ago. You were sort of at, you had done one session of Creatrix and you could already feel it had made a difference. So how did things go for you from there? Oh, wow. So the my Creatrix sessions were done within a month. I think I only did two. Um, and that was enough for all of the things that I came with, all of the things that were an issue in my life. And I was... I was so overwhelmed. A big one for me was just overwhelm. Everything just seemed like too much, just day-to-day stuff. Everything that I had responsibility for, even like going to the shops and making a phone call and cleaning the house, like not even big things. It was like if there was a couple of things to do, it felt like it was just way too overwhelming. Also having my pain there in the background and I was – you know, the, the perfect candidate, as you would say, for chronic pain. So like the whole perfectionist and very caring and very mm-hmm. empathetic and wanting to do a good job and work really hard, <laughs> all of those things. Yeah, so you had that perfect good personality down pat. <laughs> oh, God, I was just, if, you, if it was a square I needed to fit into, it would have just been the perfect square <laughs> to pop right into that piece. <laughs> <laughs> Right over Steph. Perfect good. <laughs> like they, um, they say at the heart of every mind body disorder is this desire to be perfect and good. Mm. So we know that's why we suffer because we want to be perfect and good, mm. which is it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. One of the things I worked on um, was my belief it needs to be perfect or I need to be perfect. One of those. And um, that changed so much. And the pressure, I had so much pressure on myself, put so much pressure on myself. And um, that was another, another big one. So I also had a lot of, um, a lot of fear around judgment and, and doing the right thing and what other people thought of me. So once I got rid of all of that with my creatrix sessions, um, myself and my husband chose to uh, save up, quit our jobs, travel around Australia for 12 months in rooftop tent. Um, we started a YouTube channel. We met up with people that we didn't know. We would stay at their, their houses and stuff as we traveled around. Um, we ended up stopping on the other side of the country. So we're on the complete opposite side of the country now. Just um, my husband got a job doing something he's always wanted to do. We just sort of sort of, sort of got stuck here in COVID, but then we realized, you know, that we really liked it here. So we bought a house and we didn't know anyone oh. here. So we just live here now. <laughs> How amazing is that? Could we just, just like stop for a second? Yeah. Like, like Steph. Yeah. You, you had it all, right? You had the childhood trauma. You had the pressure of the current life stress. You had the pressure of the personality. You had it all. And then how brave were you to try this creatrix, creatrix process? You were already courageous. And then the courage you've shown at the end to just pack up your life and move and buy a house in this town where you know nobody. Like you are so <laughs> courageous honestly thank you I was never 
never that person before Creatrix. I was so worried about what everyone else thought and doing the right thing, like the script of life, you know, um, meet someone, buy a house, get married. Um, we, had, we had lots of pressure to have children um, and all of this stuff. And we lived in a town we really didn't like just because we didn't want to live with our parents. So we bought a house and then we got, you know, we got jobs and we were just like, why do we live here? Why are we here? What are we doing? <laughs> It's sort of amazing how uh, I think doing this mind-body work can sort of just free you from all of these things you didn't even know you were carrying around and just yeah. that, that freeing, like how, what that can do for you. Yeah, that's right. And you sort of, you're giving your, your self space and listening to yourself for you, not for anybody else. You know, you start to prioritize yourself and put yourself in your needs sort of first and that's not that's not selfish at all like I think to be able to help others and you know you have to put yourself first a hundred percent and the the people that struggle with chronic pain like we said they're the people that don't do that you know we're always worried about other people and that really does take away so much and then there's nothing really left for you and you don't even know who you are because you're just catering to other people all of the time yeah 100 percent so um I guess we haven't got to where are you now with your pain yeah, so my pain has really taken a back seat. I try and describe it like it was in the driver's seat for many years and um, it was just driving and I didn't really know where we were going and didn't want to, but it didn't matter. I was like, I had control. I know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good feeling. Um, Whereas now it's like we're in a big, long bus and it's right at the back seat, like really far away. Um, I can hear it, you know, but it's um, I'm in control 100% and I can block it out if I need to. I can get things done. It doesn't manage my my time. It doesn't manage my mood. It doesn't um, come up front, front of conversation. It's it's very much just a little tiny little thing way in the background now. So it's still, there's still, still remnants of it. Um, it's not completely gone, but the way that I can deal with my life now is just, it's just unbelievable. And I'm just so grateful that it has disconnected so much from me. And I feel like I'm not my pain anymore. Oh, Steph, that is so amazing to hear you say, to be able to express that. That's a really powerful sentiment that I am not my pain anymore. Mm, it is. It's making me feel emotional. <laughs> <laughs> good, good. Let those emotions out. Express those emotions. <laughs> There's That's anything so I've learned. It's that bottling, bottling them up is very unhealthy. <laughs> That's right. That's exactly right. So that's, I guess, another question I'll ask. Was it hard for you to, I know some, one of the things I struggled with was actually moving out of that identity as being someone who had pain because it was sort of everyone would ask me all the time, well, how's your pain? It'd be the first thing people would ask me when they saw me mm. and sort of shifting from that person to the, well, no, I'm not my pain. Please don't ask me about that. Like, 
How was that for you? Mm, that's a really good question. Um, I feel like the shifts that I that I had internally with Creatrix, basically, because it shifts immediately, I almost forgot that it was a thing. And so, and also because I shut down, I shut down about talking about the pain to anyone else well before mm-hmm. I came across Creatrix because I felt like all I was doing was just sucking the joy out of every situation when I would talk about it. Yeah. They know I'm in pain. I know I'm in pain. And then I'm talking about it and I'm just, it's just, so I just stopped. I wouldn't tell anyone. No one, not, sorry, not no one, but not many people really knew. Um, I had changed jobs as well. So it was sort of like, I just didn't tell my new job. I didn't tell anyone there. Um, But I would talk to my husband about it, but at home I would just crumble into a a mess at home Mm -hmm. um so that was probably the biggest the biggest thing because he would not want to ask me how I was because he knew it upset me and all I would have the same answer all the time but um yeah just that sort of disappearing I just honestly just stepped into a whole new person oh that's so amazing to hear and so so quickly by the sounds of it yeah, it's sort of like a wake-up call. You know how people say they've had a wake-up call at some point in their life and normally it's a really traumatic event, mm-hmm. you know, a car accident or they've been told that they've had a heart attack and they really need to get their life on track or whatever it might be. It's like Creatrix is like a wake-up call but you don't have to go through the trauma and you just then change the, it changes the direction, your perception of your life from that moment on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds so powerful. And um, that had a such a powerful effect on you that I believe you have now gone and done some training. Yes, I have. Would you so like was- to tell us a little bit about that? Oh, I'd love to. Um, so I was always in jobs that I wasn't really fulfilled in, ones that I ended up always just having the same pattern where I was unappreciated and doing three people's work at the same time and working crazy hours, urgent type um, environments and, you know, lots and lots of work. And I would remember sometimes just going into my car on my lunch break and just crying because I just felt so trapped and so worthless. And um, after my creatrix breakthrough, we, you know, chose to quit our jobs and travel around Australia and we just took 12 months of not doing anything, which was, it was just so wonderful to have that time to actually figure out what is it that I would like to do and what is it that would really fill me up, you know, with happiness and be rewarding. And um, I, I, I couldn't think of it, you know, I'd, I'd had Creatrix, but I never saw myself being able to do that. Uh, it was just something that, you know, I felt like it was for other people, people that were smarter and more confident and and all of that sort of stuff. So it wasn't until we got to the other side of Australia and sort of settled down that I started actually thinking about it. And I'd gone through a, a lot of stress when we got here and I reached back out um, to get, you can get sort of little top-up sessions as if things do happen 
um, you know, if you lose someone in your life or you go through something that you haven't gone through before, there can be new things that come up and keep you sort of feeling stuck. Yeah, of course, new new traumas. Yeah. So I had a couple of things pop up and I did a quick session. It was just like one session really fast and that was enough to make me realise oh my God, this is, I want to be able to do this for other women. And I was in such a better space. I was ready. I was basically, I'd taken that time to find what I want. I didn't jump into work when we got here, which was so tempting because there's all these high paid jobs where we are near the mines. And I could have just Mm. gone in and got stuck into the trap straight away again. Yeah. But I was just like, this is it. This is the time where now I can, I'm so healed and I'm so ready and I know what it's like to go through as a client. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to learn to be able to do this for other people now. Wow. What a powerful, a powerful moment for you in your life. Yeah. And I've never done anything on my own. Like it's like you get licensed. So it's your own business then. Um, And as long as, as long as you're doing everything safely and properly and everything's everything's right, you get to, you know, take on the clients you want and you can do it, you do it um, at home. So over, over Zoom and I've worked with people in different countries, um, different states, and it's just the most rewarding thing to be able to be helping people create the future they want to have without dragging all this baggage with them into all of their new new endeavors, new relationships, um, and, you know, stepping forward, just carrying all this stuff with them. Yeah, all this stuff that just weighs you down. You don't even, you don't even know that it's weighing you down, I don't think. No. There was a, a, a testimony I had a lady sent through. I just finished with her last week and she sent a text message through yesterday, I think it was, saying, you know, from the bottom of my heart, I, I can't thank you enough. And she said, you don't know what it's how bad it was until you're out of it. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. 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 And for just yeah, doing amazing work with women, it sounds like. Yeah. The um the creator of the Institute of Women is the most inspirational woman I've ever met in my entire life. She said really hard um history and um her life has been a very, very hard one. And her aim and mission is to set 10 million hearts free before she dies. So she's got a big mission and um, it's just so lovely to see each and every person that that actually gets to experience Creatrix and, and have the future that they want no matter what they've gone through. And you're a part of that mission. Isn't that great? Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> so who would you recommend creatrix to what sort of uh different people or different things people might be going through that you know you can help yep so basically it's all about emotions so um it is for females as i said um and um, it helps for people that are ready to make a change in their lives. So it takes a big commitment because you really are, like you said, changing your identity in a way. You're you're going from the familiar and this thing that really 
the, the way you see yourself now and some people, you know, it is hard for them to and scary to make a change in their life. Yeah, I definitely think anyone undergoing a mind-body like journey, there has to be a certain readiness. You have to be ready. Totally, totally. Um, so it's it's sort of like just sort of going you know, this is what I want and knowing in your gut that that's the thing that you want to do because it does take 100% commitment from your conscious and unconscious mind to go, this is what I'm doing and no matter what, I'm not giving up. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have, you know, emotions and beliefs about I'm not good enough, um, if you're really anxious or if you're really angry or really sad or there's so many things if you're full of grief that there's so many emotions that we go through as women that hold on to us. They don't actually leave. So our emotions are supposed to be felt and then move on. But what can happen is we feel them and then we hold them and then they fester and they stay inside of us. And that's where it becomes really toxic. Yeah. Anger for me. Anger. I'm, yeah. I'm, very, I'm actually very angry in there. So I'm still working on clearing that one out. But. Yeah. Anger, <laughs> frustration, um, all of those sort of ones. We have a lot, a lot of people. Rage is a big one mm. for a lot of women. Um, we yeah. have a lot of mums that come and they just, they're just yelling at their children all of the time. And they're just like, they have so much guilt about it, but they can't stop. And they're just so angry. Mm. A lot of people with sort of mind-body issues, I think for a lot of people it's parenthood that sort of tips them over the edge, that, mm. that, that stress and that, you know, being a parent is bloody hard, you know? Yeah, a whole other responsibility on top. And then if you're not feeling okay and then you're bringing another life into the world to then look after too, it's like, well, I can't look after myself. How am I supposed to now look after another little life or two or three of them? Mm, my gosh yeah I can't even imagine before like before going through this having a child to look after I just wasn't there's no way I could have done it I wasn't that's strong right yeah I felt the same too I used to have a lot of fear around that and I used to think because I wasn't sure if I wanted kids but I was just like well I, I literally can't do it yeah I had it was like the choice fear. was taken away fear around motherhood and all of my pain, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to be able to do this. Yes. A big thing um, that I had and a lot of people that I work with that have pain is fear of the future. Yeah, 100%. And it was like, I can barely look after myself. How am I ever going to look after a child? And it was also, how am I ever going to have a baby in my belly when I'm taking all of these drugs? Like, Yeah. And what if I'm not focused or whatever and you know what if it gets worse what if my pain gets worse as the child grows up and I can't do the things I want to do with them and I also had the fears of what if I give this pain to my child would I ever forgive myself for that no way yeah to see to see your own child have to suffer the way and the journey that you've had to go on it would be very very hard I think though, now that I've done this mind body work, I know it's not a life sentence and it's not, you know, there's actually nothing wrong with me. So that fear has gone, thank goodness. <laughs> That's just so beautiful to be able to 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 fully know and believe that. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay, so 
how can any of our female listeners get in contact with you if they would like to learn more about Creatrix or even give it a go themselves? Yeah, I'll leave, I'll leave you my link um, to my Facebook page so that they can, they can see it in the notes and um, you can just reach out to me. So Creatrix isn't for everybody. There is a few things that we do need to check first, um, but there's basically a consult that I do with anyone that is interested to actually see if it's something that would be suitable. And it's almost like having your cards read. So it's like, you know, finding out all of the things that are blocking you in your life. Um, it's having your mind read basically. And, um, and that's, you know, about, about an hour, an hour and a half where I sort of just go and chat to you and find out all of the things that, really are stopping you from being able to move forward and live how you want to live so if you wanted to reach out to me just just come through my my Facebook page I've also got a YouTube channel or Instagram however you want to reach out and just let me know and we can book in a consult normally my consults are $97 but for anyone that does come through the podcast I'll um, offer 50% off for that just so we can sort of get in and see if this is something that might help you. So I'll pop that link in the show notes. And yeah, for any of our listeners who might be interested, it's available there for you to contact Steph. So we might turn to some uh, concluding questions now, if that sounds okay with you. Sure. Uh, so. I guess for you, there didn't really seem to be much of a problem believing that your symptoms could be mind-body. But what would you say to listeners who are struggling with believing that mind-body work could help them? Um, I found it hard more just the way it came across. So the the people that were giving me those messages, it was felt like a negative thing. It's all in your head. And that came across as it's not real, you're making it up, as opposed to your brain can create pain signals for many reasons. Yeah. That would have been a lot better way to have an understanding without sort of rejecting it immediately. Yeah. So just finding the right the right resources and there's some really good resources out now which I wish were around when I was in the depths of it like curable um a lot of the a lot of the the books and things that are out there now by people that actually understand it or have gone through it themselves or both coming from it at a really understanding way so I feel like it's just finding the people and the resources that really connect with the way you feel so you don't feel judged or that you're just sort of going to reject it just give it a chance where you can sort of just try and find something you connect with personally yeah I think that's a really important message to find what works for you that's that's one and the other bit you had in there is that it's not all in your head it's Mm. these are very real very painful at times conditions and you know Often I think people with mind-body disorders are some of the strongest mm. people out. It's, mm-hmm. you know, you we end up with pain because we cope with so much in our lives that, you know, it's our body is telling us enough. It's our 
our bodies have had to do it for us. Yeah, they're literally trying to protect us. And we as adults have to keep going because we are adults and we have responsibilities. And so our bodies keep telling us this is unsafe and getting louder and louder and louder. And we just keep pushing and pushing and pushing. A hundred percent. Yeah, a journey. So that does lead into my next question. What are your top resources um, that you would recommend to listeners? Maybe top two or three. I think curable is probably a really, really good one mm-hmm. um, just because there's so many different aspects in the one app um, and they're very thorough and they are quite up to date with research and come across in a very understanding way and you can sort of do it as, as you need. Um, I, loved the, I loved the curable meditations. They were, yeah, game so caring. For me. Even just having that little, there's that little button up the top where if things are getting really, really out of control, you know, you can hit that and feel like you have almost someone there to sort of talk you through when things are, are just too much. Yeah, the panic button. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, and then I think, you know, a big one is to try and just, take some pressure off yourself so like we were saying your body's trying to tell you something and it can be really hard when it almost feels impossible for you to 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 change anything in your life but if you can just start to notice when your pain flares up the most and go okay well if I've got a huge day or if I'm around these people or whenever I go to my job it's just too much if you can try to at least change one thing, you know, start with one little thing and show your body that you're listening um, and just take note of how those changes affect you, then I feel like, you know, it feels like you're giving a bit more control back and that the message is sort of coming through because it's like you put your hand on a hot plate and it, and you get burnt if you continue to put your hand on that hot plate Mm. you're gonna continue to hurt yourself and you know trying to not figure out you know it's not so clear as I do this and my pain you know is really heightened but if you look at you know how your week is structured and is there anything you can do to a take away some of the pressure or B, add in moments of joy, like add in moments of things that make you feel good and try and shift it a little bit. Oh, that's such great advice. And that's such a great analogy, the, the hot plate, the, if you're going to keep doing it, that you, you, you're still stepping into the fire. Yeah. yeah. I think just finding those moments for self-care, like in amongst the week are so integral. Yeah things that create joy in your life, whatever it might be, because that is where you're, you know, you'll find those moments. You don't really notice your pain as much or it quietens down. And I think, um, who is it? Oh, no, the name is not coming to me, but the doctor who works with Curable that does a lot of work with childhood trauma, he says that, a lot of mind-body sufferers never learnt in childhood 
self-care and how to care for themselves. So as an adult, that can Mm. be really foreign. And finding those times for yourself and those little moments of joy, they it feels really difficult at first and strange, you know? Mm. Is it Shubna? No, it's not Shubna. Oh, I'll find. I'll have to find it and put it in at the end because I really can't find it. His name. <laughs> I usually have his book sitting on my desk, but I've actually just lent it to a colleague. So, oh, uh, that's all right. Yeah. All right. So, I think that that sort of wraps up all of my questions and things. Was there anything else you wanted to say, or any other advice you wanted to give to our listeners, or? I just think, you know, it is so important to put ourselves first. The type of people, like like we said during the podcast, that um, do tend to suffer more with chronic pain. Uh, We're all so worried about other people, what other people think, keeping everyone happy, trying to do a good job, trying for everything to be perfect. And and we do put a lot of pressure on ourselves. So just putting yourself first and going, what do I need? Because if your cup's not full, you can't pour out anything to anybody else. And just having that permission to go, you know what, it is okay for me to look after me for a while. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree with that anymore. Learning self-care for me was such a critical, so, so critical. Mm. And it's not selfish because we can't look after other people or connect properly with other people if we aren't really feeling like ourselves. We're sort of connecting from a place of worry and fear and doubt and overwhelm and all of this stuff when we're connecting from a place of love and confidence and happiness and joy and, you know, connection. It's, it's just a whole different world. I agree. And it sort of feels like, my connections have grown a little stronger since I've done this work because it's mm. sort of like I'm I'm not connecting out of fear or anxiety or and I'm actually not worried about what people think about me so much. I'm actually like way more authentic in my interactions as well. Yes, and you can actually talk about the things you want to talk about as opposed to what you think they want you to talk about. Yes. <laughs> yes all right um Steph well thank you so much for being on the let's talk mind body healing podcast it has been an absolute pleasure let me reiterate that you are um such a brave courageous person um and really um wow (laughs) thank you so much that means so much to me and just being able to help others know that there is hope and they don't have to accept what they're given or what they're told or any of it. They can do things for themselves. They've got, they've got options and resources and there's lots out there that they've got at their fingertips to, to go and try. And there is. So, um, If you're listening, I'll say this, I've said it before, but this healing is available to you. And I think one of the messages that really comes across from Steph is that uh, pain really is a gateway to whole person healing. It's a gateway to a lot more than you could ever imagine if you're 
willing to sort of listen and dive in. Mm, yeah, that's so true. Like I suffered with a lot of a lot of you know judgment and, and worry. I was very sensitive and stuff growing up. But if I didn't have my pain and it didn't push me and push me and push me, I never would have found creatrix that helped me actually work on my mind I didn't realize I had so much going on in there just telling us something so I you know I, I would I would do it all again um to, to be at the point I am right now so take it as take it as a message take it as your body's trying to tell you something and that there's more for you out there yeah I never thought I would say it but I'm actually grateful for my pain Mm, isn't it a hard it's a hard thing isn't it like you're such a terrible terrible awful journey that you wouldn't wish on anybody Mm -mm, no way but at the same time you couldn't be the person that you are and you wouldn't be doing what you were doing I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing without having all of that happen the name of that person by the way Dr David Clark Ah, <laughs> sorry, just him. snuck that in there. It's Dr. David <laughs> Clark. <laughs> well done. Uh, anyway, all right. Thank you, Steph. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for coming and speaking. Thank you. And thanks for listening, everybody. Again, don't forget to follow the podcast on social media if you want to stay updated and to rate and review. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.